for White Spot Giants this week. Back come the Giants across the line. Kosh, left wing, looks, waves, finds a man. Benson scores! In he comes! Stop by David Tendick! He kept it out! Oh, mercy, what a save by Tendick! Up the middle comes Byram, right side, running at the circle, scores! Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of White Spot Giants This Week, the home of Vancouver hockey, the home of the Giants is Sportsnet 650. And as the month of March winds down, the real nitty-gritty of the Vancouver Giants season is upon us. The Giants heading into the month of April with the conclusion of their regular season schedule upon us. And the Vancouver Giants, with eight games left, trying to punch their ticket to the WHL playoffs yet again. And here's hoping it can be official as early as this weekend. Um, Busy show coming up for you over the course of the next hour. Mike Boyle is the longtime voice of the Spokane Chiefs. And the Chiefs fittingly enough, are coming to the LEC for two home games this coming weekend on Saturday and on Sunday. Sunday is Fan Appreciation Night for the Vancouver Giants, and we're going to talk about that a little more shortly. But with Spokane coming to town, it is fitting because the Vancouver Giants, with some victories against Spokane and a little bit of help, could be in a position where their playoff spot is locked and clinched uh, in 2022. Coming into this week, the Giants are are, uh, currently seven points clear of the Spokane Chiefs, but the magic number for the Giants with the Chiefs, if you do the simple math, the magic number is now at, I believe, four... Yes, in fact, I can confirm the magic number is four. So what does that mean? That means that any combination of four wins for the Vancouver Giants coupled with losses for the Spokane Chiefs. So anytime Spokane loses, that magic number shrinks. Anytime the Giants win, that number shrinks. Spokane starting their weekend in Kamloops against the first-place Blazers. So literally, we, we are then to a point where come Sunday, come Fan Appreciation Night, if, if everything sort of goes how we hope it does, the Giants could be officially playoff bound. Mike Boyle, the longtime voice of the Spokane Chiefs, is going to share some of his thoughts with us in segment number two. Still to come in the first segment of this show, a little later on, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Vancouver Giants, Michael Deck, and just some of his takeaways. We're also going to hear from the senior VP of the Vancouver Giants, Dale Sipe. Uh, Dale Sipe, of course, oversees the business component of the Giants, and with Fan Appreciation Night upcoming, want to get a sense from him about what the fans can expect as far as prizing and as far as giveaways and as far as sponsorships. Uh, Also want to get into it a little bit with Dale about the business aspect of the WHL, where things stand currently, where things are trending from a league level. And I also want to double back to a really cool story from earlier in the month of March involving a 15-year-old boy by the name of Danny Bereza from the Ukraine 
and uh, how the Vancouver Giants were able to step in and provide a little bit of kindness and a little bit of uh, a smile to uh, a 15-year-old Ukrainian boy by the name of Danny Bereza, which uh, makes me smile even just thinking about it. Uh, We'll get to Dale Sipe in a matter of moments. But before we go there, let's go back to Sunday. Let's go back to the post-game conversation with head coach Michael Dick. The Vancouver Giants dropping a 5-3, check that, a 5-4 game to the Prince George Cougars. A post at the very end. All sorts of excitement. It was a really important game for both of these teams. And unfortunately, it ended in a regulation defeat for the Vancouver Giants. As we do on most episodes, um, sort of a double back to the weekend. Where did we last leave off with the Vancouver Giants? Here's Michael Dick with Caroline Frolick and Bill Wilms and his postgame conversation from Sunday to kick off White Spot Giants this week. Coach, a heartbreaker. Uh, what did you, what did you see tonight, late in the game? Late in the game? Yeah, late in the game. Way to push late. Mm-hmm. Um, what I saw, you know, for the first two periods, I thought we played well for the most part. Third period, uh, you know, we, we turned the puck over a few times, and then uh, discipline. They get the five on three, they convert, and uh, you know they get a bounce for a breakaway. Yeah. You know, we had our opportunities. We didn't score. They did. Coach, uh, after 40 minutes of play, you know, with, with the lead, you know, Zemer, Samson, Bowie, the the three guys that are one, two, three in shots on goal, uh, were held to one shot. I mean, that's how well you guys played against them after 40 minutes of play. Then Zemer with the with the three three goal, and you made the goaltending change. Any explanation on that situation? Well, I, I think it give us an opportunity to get reset and refocused and, and re-energized uh, and obviously I was a deflating goal but uh, you know we wanted to we wanted to take a minute and, and get ourselves uh, refocused and uh, I, you know I, I, I we, we've done it uh, all season long and, and Will's done a pretty good job coming in um, in those situations so we felt that uh, that it was the right call and and back to Samson who hadn't had a shot on goal to that point you know five on three you know he's going to get the puck you know that he's a guy that they're trying to get it to and I, I guess that one snuck by well I didn't get a good look at it he, yeah, he, he went right through him. it did it because he had it looked like he was totally square to the he puck. was he was yeah yeah you get you you know you're going to give up shots on the five on three and yeah that's, that's one you want to give up and uh, and then the unbelievable bouncing puck on the breakaway. But, uh, again, Mount, uh, three goals, uh, certainly a positive out of tonight. Yeah, nice to see him get rewarded. Uh, he was going to the net. Uh, last night I thought he played really well in Seattle, and, and I think he carried that momentum through. Coach, promise we're not going to keep you long. I, I do want to talk about Mazda and Leslie because it's coming to my mind more and more as I see this kid as a as a 16-year-old that shouldn't be playing as well as he is as a 60-year-old. Yeah. If he did what he did on the ice in this game tonight, as his first game as a 16-year-old league, you and I'd be saying, hey, this guy's got a ton of potential. You are not spotting him. He is not being in situations to succeed. He's a number one guy. Talk or he's certainly one of the top guys. Talk about where you see his development at this point and moving in the rest well, of this year. Again, I think he's, he's taking some big, big steps. He's playing with a lot of confidence right now. He's playing physical. Um, you know, he's moved himself into the top four and, and earned that opportunity. That wasn't 
that wasn't the case before Christmas, but uh, but he's he's taken a lot of steps uh, and, and and become a lot more reliable defensively. I think he knew he had to pay attention to that and and uh, playing playing some key minutes, playing some heavy minutes for us, and uh, you know it's going to pay dividends down the road. Coach, where do you see this result here tonight impacting the Vancouver Giants as far as the playoff is concerned? Well, that, that's a good question. I think this is eight games left, so. Uh, it was one the one that we had in hand that we certainly could have used, but uh, it's over now, and we'll get ready for next weekend. You got uh, Spokane coming in here. They got you guys twice next weekend. They got Victoria twice at the end of the season. I, I'm more concerned about not Vancouver. I'm more concerned that they may have the best push for the playoffs. Uh, you guys, after next weekend, it, it, it gets heavy. It is a tough schedule at that point. Uh, can you look ahead to next weekend against Spokane, and what does this week of practice look like? Well, I mean, obviously we got a lot of time because it's a Saturday, Sunday game, uh, a weekend. So uh, we've got lots of time, and I think as important as it is to, to work on a few things, hopefully we get some guys back. We're hoping that Ostapchuk and, and Shepard and Cotton are close, and uh, and we've also got to use this time uh, to rest. I mean, uh, the, the guys who played last night played really well in Seattle, and, and we had nine forwards. Fatigue may have played a, a bit of a part in the third period. It's it, it's a grind playing three and three, especially when you're shorthanded. But uh, we'll use the time to to rest. Head coach Michael Dick sharing some of his thoughts uh, after the game on Sunday, after the three and three, after a five four loss to the Prince George Cougars. Still to come on the show, as promised, we're going to hear from the voice of the Spokane Chiefs, Mike Boyle. He is going to get us set up for the weekend. The two doubleheader games for the Vancouver Giants at home against the Spokane Chiefs on Saturday and Sunday. But before we get there, let's dive in to Fan Appreciation Night on Sunday, 4 o'clock. The Vancouver Giants uh, partnering with Chevrolet for Fan Appreciation Night. A night of prizes, a night of fun, and a night where the Giants will hopefully be officially clinched as far as the playoffs go in 2022. The senior VP of the Vancouver Giants is Dale Sipe. And here's a conversation with Dale Sipe from earlier today speaking about all things Fan Appreciation Night and so much more. Well, Dale, you and I get to do a couple of these a year together, and with Fan Appreciation Night coming down the pipe this weekend on Sunday, uh, a fitting time, I think, to to chat with you about about Fan Appreciation Night and really how you know the whole season has kind of culminated to this point. Uh, for someone who's never really experienced a Fan Appreciation Night before, can you just sort of share why this is such a significant night and why this, along with Teddy Bear Toss and Opening Night, are sort of you know one of the nights that you really look forward to and it's sort of an all-hands-on-deck type of game? Well, Dan, thank you. Anytime you can give away... Uh thousands of dollars in gifts and things to your fans and just an appreciation of their sticking with us over the last year and and being part of a somewhat tumultuous season um uh given all the restrictions and the compromising we've had to do around uh um uh this whole pandemic and the pieces of getting back to normal uh, anytime you can uh, look after people in that regard, it's uh, it, it makes you feel good, and it's an exciting part of what we're doing. Um, the um, uh, fact that uh, we can gather and do these things and have some fun is uh, 
something to be celebrated, and we'll try to turn it into a little bit more of a party on uh, on uh, Sunday afternoon. So, from a league level, because I know you're very involved in in conversations from you know from managerial level, and and, and you're a part of a committee that that talks about a lot of big picture things for the league. And and before we dive into a few more specifics about the Vancouver Giants in this season. Um, sort of as a standalone Dale, what, what are you sort of hearing? What's the sense that you're getting from around the league now that the restrictions have eased in Saskatchewan, they've eased in Alberta, um, attendance numbers are rising sort of across the board. And, and I guess how encouraging is it? How invigorating is it for someone in your position to sort of see that across the board? Well, you know what, you, you hope things return back to normal, you know, as quick as possible. Again, I understand some people are have some uh, some um, uh, hesitations and are concerned, and and that's that's probably justified. Um, we uh, across the across the this division, the BC division, of which I I'm I'm the chair of the the marketing committee or whatever we call it. Um, we're seeing a gradual increase in getting back to normal. Uh, some of it is. Um, you know, driven by um, just people, uh, you know, uh, finding uh, ways to uh, express their social, uh, social, uh, um, what's the word, uh, anxiety or, or, or whatever. We're, get, we're getting to the point now where people are, are starting to feel like they can, they can relax and have a good time and drink a few beer and not worry about, you know, the, the, the effects of the, uh, the pandemic so um uh, it's good it, it's getting better i uh, hope it gets a lot better and uh hopefully we can uh, go on a bit of a playoff run here and get people really excited and forgetting about all cautions uh and acting silly that'd be that'd be a great a great thing to have happen we i remember speaking to you right when the bubble season uh was coming to an end and it's it's amazing how far we've come from last season uh, to, to this one, Dale. But a thought from you about some of the, the partners from the Vancouver Giants, some of the, the day one season ticket holders with the Vancouver Giants who continue year after year, no matter what the circumstances might be, they continue to put their money down. They, comp- they continue to put their trust down in the Vancouver Giants. Um, a thought from you about that loyalty, about how important that loyalty is to the day-to-day of the Vancouver Giants and, and sort of how, I suppose, in a, in a tough season with some ups and downs, it's sort of that loyalty, I think, that is sort of able to kind of keep the, the positivity at the forefront. Well, you know, we're very fortunate. We've had some, you know, uh, very, very supportive uh, sponsors over the years, people that have been with us from basically year one. And um, they continue to be with us through the bubble. And, you know, I, the value in the bubble season was mainly for the development of the players and the kids and making sure that they got an opportunity to play and showcase the talents that they had going forward and to develop. And uh, the sponsors recognized that. And they, they show, a lot of them showed up and made sure that they were part of that whole um, exercise, shall we call it. And uh, you were locked down in Stalag Kamloops there, uh, Dan. You know a little bit about how that worked. I made, I think, about eight trips up there hauling trailers and everything else and trying to 
maintain some semblance of uh, of uh, commercial activity, I guess, shall we say, for our webcast, etc. Um, so it was a uh, certainly uh, uh, an experience, but it also allowed us to kind of reboot, relook, and uh, at some things and and look at how we could maybe do things better this year and and with our sponsors uh this year coming back they you know they showed up uh, everybody you know we've 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 had a um we've had to adapt and adjust but i gotta tell you we've got a very patient crew of, of sponsors they understand and they've been uh, extremely supportive and it's really neat to be uh to be back uh dealing with people again and sitting across the table from them and and uh coming up with ideas Dale Sipe is the senior VP of the Vancouver Giants, and he is my guest on White Spot Giants this week. Um, Dale, a really cool story uh, involving the Vancouver Giants earlier in the month of March pertaining to a 15-year-old boy by the name of Danny Bereza from the Ukraine. Um, the Vancouver Giants did um, a, a small token of generosity that I think has gone a long, long way with with not only Danny but but really the community is as sort of a, a feel-good initiative the Vancouver Giants have done a lot of this over the course of their history but for someone listening to this who might not be fully in the loop of of what the story is with Danny Bereza and the Vancouver Giants can you just share what happened back on you know March 18th and beyond with with Danny well uh not to, you know, it's it's a it's a little more complicated than the story I'm going to give you. But um, driving in, uh, I just happened to hear um, um, uh, Carolyn Frelick, our third person on a lot of our games, doing the sports on uh, on on uh, WX on City News, and uh, they had a little story by um, Monica. Uh, 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 about uh, Danny and his plight ending up in Canada. He loves hockey. He's here. Couldn't bring any of his gear. Blah blah blah. And then the whole story. And and I just that just kind of resonated with me. Well, you know what? We can we can make sure he's got some gear. So I phoned up our good friends at the hockey shop and said, you know, because the one hard the hard thing for us to get for a kid is skates that fit the proper and all the rest of it. They're all special ordered and such. So. They they were more than uh, happy to be uh, generous with their uh, with their skate department and uh, the rest of the stuff we were able to arrange to uh, get Danny dressed and ready to play hockey and then we're we've made some arrangements for him to be evaluated so we know uh, what level he should be playing at and uh, that's it and we brought him to a game and introduced him to the players he got to meet some of the guys and go down the dressing room and chat a bit and uh, brought his. Uh, for lack of a better description, billet family along with him. I received some really nice emails from his mother, who's still in Kiev, and uh, she's trying to help kids get out of the country and things. Quite, quite traumatic. And uh, you know, people say, "Well, why are you guys doing that?" Well, you know, this is Canada. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what we're kind of founded on: is looking after people and and. Um, um, just an opportunity for us to give back a little bit to, uh, you know, in a way that makes makes sense. Uh, and, and the Vancouver Giants, uh, we're just being a giant, making it happen, and it, and it worked out well. 
the playoffs are closing in and with with any sort of luck by the end of this weekend the Vancouver Giants will have punched their ticket to the dance once again Dale I mean the the record being what it is this year um, going through again some of the the twists and turns along the way this season that we have um, you know the the bottom line is is that I, I think that you talk to any team across the board the Vancouver Giants are not a team that anyone would want to face in the first round with a healthy goalie with the lineup sort of being what it is so so sort of just a hockey related question for you down the stretch handful of games remaining the makeup games through the month of April still uh, a remarkable opportunity for fans to come and watch this team and and again it, it does sort of culminate on Sunday with fan appreciation night uh, maybe just a, a thought from you about the excitement from the hockey and and again just sort of bringing this whole thing back around what what Sunday in particular has in store for fans and why they should come well uh, Sunday is our is usually our final game of the year our Chevrolet uh, fan appreciation night is usually the final game of the year and this year it isn't because we had three games postponed that we have to follow up and the, the season was extended but um, It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, just to give you a little summation of that that particular game, Chevrolet's giving away uh, thousands of dollars in prizing. That'll go to uh, some lucky fan, uh, as well as there's an opportunity to win the, the White Spot Triple O truck come to your home, and I know you've probably put in for that. Uh, you're not eligible, just for the record. Uh, and uh, there's a whole bunch of other, like all sorts of White Spot gift cards, signed hats, pucks, jerseys, Michael Bublé. Uh, paraphernalia, all the rest of it that we're going to be giving away to a number of people um, selected from the crowd, and uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun night. It'll be a, a lot of fun. But you know, you touched on the hockey and making the playoffs, and we're back in the playoffs again. You know what? We set out every year to win, not just make the playoffs. And anybody that's happy with just making the playoffs is kind of, you know, I I don't think that's the right way to look at this and. Uh, we, I work for uh, a, a group of fellows, uh, the Bublés, uh, Ron Toigo, um, Bruce Allen, and uh, and Saltier, and those guys are all about. You know what? We we don't. We're not about mediocrity. We're not about settling. We're about trying to win. And uh, we haven't had the results this year that we thought we'd have at this point. But you're right. We have a team that, if given the the right. Uh, situations around health etc we could do some damage in the playoffs and, l and looking forward to making that happen and be nice i'd like to be talking next year at this time about the miracle run last year when we went all the way so we'll, we'll see where that goes uh I, it's going to be a fun you know wrap up to the year coming forward so make sure you get your tickets and get out to our games uh we're gonna we're gonna make sure they're special well, Dale, the, uh, the work that you and your crew continue to do is tremendously appreciated. So just on behalf of myself and on behalf of the organization, this is just uh, a thank you for the work behind the scenes that your crew constantly goes through to provide just a remarkable experience for any single fan that walks through the doors of the Langley Event Center. Enjoy the stretch run of the season, and thank you again for being so generous with your time and coming on this show. Thanks, Danny. It's always nice to step into your opulent office here and look at all this stuff on the walls. and and uh, talk hockey. Thanks. He is the senior VP of the Vancouver Giants, Dale Sipe, on White Spot Giants this week. 
The busy show continues here on White Spot Giants this week. We'll take a break, and when we return, we head to Spokane, where the one and only Mike Boyle joins the show next. White Spot Vancouver Giants this week continues on Sportsnet 650. Giants this week. Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to White Spot Giants this week. The home of Vancouver hockey and the home of the Giants is Sportsnet 650. And we've been teasing all along this coming weekend. We we always had a feeling that this was going to be an important weekend for the Vancouver Giants, but uh, the hockey gods, I guess, have a sense of humor because with the playoff race being what it is, the Vancouver Giants and the Spokane Chiefs are going to meet for a pair of games on Saturday and Sunday that have massive playoff implications for both of these teams. Right now, to dive a little deeper into that, I I'm thrilled. I, I always have a, a giant goofy smile on my face when I get to welcome this fellow to the program because he's a guy who, who I will flat out say is one of my absolute favorite guys in the league. Uh, he is the voice of the Spokane Chiefs. His name is Mike Boyle, and he is back on the show. Mike, hello, my friend. Welcome back. Well, you know, it's it, it's nice to be heard, and uh, I just wanted to let you know your check is in the mail for all that fine flattery. Yeah, your money's no good here, pal. Your money is no good here. Hey, not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> um, okay, so we are getting down to the real nitty-gritty. And the the Chiefs, ooh, they're, they're running out of games. The Giants are... are, are are knocking on the door of clinching, but but a victory or two against Spokane would go a long way in doing that. Sort of a weird question to start off, Mike, but how did we get here? Um, paint, paint, paint a bit of a picture for me about the ebbs and flows, highs and lows of the Spokane Chiefs in 2021-22. Oh, boy, how much time have you got? <laughs> uh uh, about 20 minutes. Okay, okay. Well, well, you know, I'll, I'll try to take a lot less than that. Uh, yeah, this has been a, a, a real roller coaster. And you hear that term in sports all the time. That, you know, it's been an up and down roller coaster type of year. But that has certainly been the case for the Chiefs. Uh, boy, a lot of expectation coming into the year. Uh, but injuries kind of short-circuited a lot of it early, and then it became obvious that the team was not playing well. And the team decided, okay, well, we're to that point where the club that was good in 18, 19, 20 is now turning over, and it's probably time to kind of rebuild things. And so... The trade with Jack Finley, I think, uh, in December really signaled that, okay, we're moving into rebuild mode. And then it really became apparent when Cordell Larson and Luke Toporowski were, were dealt uh, that the club was just going to you know, go younger and, and try to rebuild from there. Um, 
things did not go well under head coach Adam Maglio. Um, he was replaced first time the Chiefs under Bobby Brett's ownership when he took over the club in 1990 that they have replaced a coach in midseason, which tells you how well or not well things were going. So that became obvious that, okay, we're in full rebuild mode. Ryan Smith took over, and the club started to resurge a little bit. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the club was actually having fun playing the game again. I think the joy of the game had been lost with this club if you're looking at what happened November, December, into early January. Uh, I think that by the time the end of January came around, this team was done playing the game for fun. And Ryan Smith has kind of injected some some new um, pleasure for the game, for the guys. And and they really kind of went on a nice little run in February and, and into early March. But here over the last week and a half, two weeks, you know, the the reality is hit that this club is just not very good. <laughs> you get right down to it. Um, it's not very deep, and it's offensively challenged. I mean, you look at the amount of goals this club has scored this year. It's it's tied for the lowest in the West with Tri-City, and, and only Prince George is in the ballpark as far as you know scoring goals are concerned. Um, only Medicine Hat has scored fewer goals in the league. So if you're not able to score uh, in, in today's game, you're not going to have a lot of success. You just aren't. And so the Chiefs are struggling with that. And, you know, they're just trying to find some identity right now. A lot of new guys that are playing together and trying to find some chemistry and, and trying to find some, some love for themselves and for the game. And uh, it's been a it's been an uphill battle, no question. And I think that these next three weeks, Dan, are going to be a real challenge for this club as far as where they go going forward. I think that this year is pretty much a lost cause. And I think that the chances of making playoffs are extremely slim. Um, Spokane's going to be coming in to this week with just eight games left, seven of them on the road where they have been atrocious this year. Um, I think they just need to go in and say, hey, how can we get better and build a foundation over these next three weeks that's going to allow us to build in the direction we want to go in the next year or two. Mike, do you think there is a chance uh, that, that Berkeley Catton sort of um, makes a cameo with the Spokane Chiefs between now and the end of the year? Of course, I'm referring to the first overall pick from the 2021 WHL Prospects Draft. Yes, I, I think it's a definite uh, thing that's going to happen. I, I think... Berkeley would have played last weekend, uh, but the problem was the team so banged up on the blue line that they needed to have Will McIsaac, another 15-year-old, uh, who was the third-round pick, suit up. And you can only play one 15-year-old at a time. That's a Canadian Hockey League rule. You know, in addition, the Western Hockey League just follows what the CHL lines out. Um, so Berkeley would have played last weekend. Uh, so you're going to see him play. There's, there's no question that um, he's already played a couple of games earlier this year, and you can see the ability. Uh, he's, he's quite a dynamic player, great playmaker. I mean, sees the ice, knows where to go and distribute the puck and, and has the timing of when to get it to a player to, to best enhance his chances at scoring. He's a fun player to watch, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to him 
and, and Chase Berthelet being on the same line next year. I mean, that's going to be just a dynamic duo that's going to be uh, a real fun line to watch over the next two to three years. Uh, Berkeley's uh, a special player. There's no question there's a reason why he was the number one overall pick. And uh, I, w- I wouldn't put him in a Connor Bedard class because Connor's a once-in-a-generation player. But he's, he's an exciting player like Connor and his ability to, to make plays. So I'm really looking forward to, to watching him. And, you know, they always say when the, when the tunnel's darkest, there's always a bright light at the end. Well, Berkeley's part of that bright light for the Chiefs. Mike Boyle is the voice of the Spokane Chiefs. He is my guest here on White Spot Giants this week. Uh, two things I want to throw at you, Mike. Um, Luke Toporowski, uh, currently injured with the Kamloops Blazers right now, but he has been a revelation for that team. Uh, certainly aware of, of just the numbers and the offense that he's put up since that trade that brought Nick McCary back to Spokane. Um, was any part of you surprised to see that kind of offense from Luke Toporowski? 20 goals in 22 games since joining the Kamloops Blazers. I'll, I'll flat out say it. I've always been a fan of Luke Toporowski, but I wasn't necessarily convinced that there was that much offense there, but clearly he had other ideas. What say you? Well, I, it didn't surprise me at all. And Dan, I thought if there was one team and one player that would bring out the best in Topper, it was Luke Stankoven, Logan Stankoven, and, and Kamloops. I, I, I saw that trade and I said, boy, he's just going to explode. Because Stankoven's ability to set up guys reminded me an awful lot of Eli Zumak. Mm-hmm. And Zumi, when he was with Topper, they were a dynamic line for Spokane. Um, and you look back at the, the 2019 and 2020 seasons for Spokane, that line, which was the second line for the Chiefs, was a great second line offensively. And Topper had good numbers. Now, didn't have the explosive numbers that, that he has, but, I mean, Logan, for me, is one of the top three players in the league. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that can do it all, and I think that you know anyone who watched Team Canada and the World Junior could see that, oh, this guy's <laughs> a star. Um, and he's, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be playing in the National Hockey League. Uh, when he got uh, an opportunity to play with Stan Coven, I thought that Topper really got a guy that was the best playmaker he's had since Eli Zumak. And so uh, I think that that was just a, a real charge for him to get back with a club that was winning like the Chiefs were in 2019 and 2020. And uh, no question that, yeah, I thought that, that Topper would have big numbers. Now, you mentioned the stats and, you know, the number of goals you know per game. That might have been a little surprising, um, but at the same time, you knew he was going to have opportunities. And being a 20-year-old player, he has certainly matured from where he was back uh, when he was 18. So uh, it's not a huge shock for me, not at all. Awesome. Uh, back on the 9th of March, Mike, the, the Giants played a game in Spokane, and there was a neat little piece of history that night when 15-year-old goaltender Matthew Hutchison started the game and finished the game for the Vancouver Giants. And, you know, you've been at this uh, a long time, and, and I'm just sort of wondering if, um, if you can recall 
another game that that you've called anyway featuring a 15-year-old goaltender. Not exactly a commonality in today's game. What did you make of Matthew Hutchison and what did you sort of make of the uniqueness of that situation that night? Well, it was it was a surprise for me because I can remember getting the lineups and seeing that he was going to be in. I was like, "Wow." I, I said, "First of all, you know, this is my 20th year with the Chiefs. I don't ever remember a 15-year-old goaltender, and I would probably remember that pretty clearly. Um, but I went back in my, my memory banks and into my files, and, and I never had a 15-year-old goaltender play. Um, certainly had 15-year-old players, not a great deal of them, but no goalies. So I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty neat. And there's no question, you know, he was a little nervous, and you would expect that. Um, I remember Carter Hart's first game in the Western Hockey League. And that was in the Spokane Arena, and he struggled mightily that <laughs> night. <laughs> and 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 I can remember he slammed a stick coming off the ice, and the Chiefs really kind of abused him that night. Um, that certainly wasn't the case for Matt. That was a that was a tight game until the third period. I mean, it was a two-two game until the third. So the the Giants and Chiefs were pretty much locked up, uh, and Spokane was able to to find a way. Uh, getting a goal early in the third on a shot that I'm sure Matt would like to have back from the right wing. But I, I, I really thought it was kind of neat. You know, he had an opportunity to do that because that's something that, that not a lot of 15-year-old goalies get to do. And no question, he's going to be a better player for it in the long run. Uh, well said from Mike Boyle. Just a few more minutes of your time, Mike, and we'll let you carry on with your week, of course, as we're getting ready for the Vancouver Giants and the Spokane Chiefs to play a pair of games at the LEC this coming weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so right now we, we've sort of talked a little bit about the bottom and, and you know, sort of the, the race with Spokane. Uh, Prince George, Victoria, and Vancouver. Uh, no shade at the Tri-City Americans, but I, I think they're probably cooked uh, as far as sort of games and, and points and, and what they sort of need to do with their difference in schedule. What, what I'm curious about from you, Mike, Everett, Portland, Seattle, is there a team of those three that scares you the most? Uh, like... <laughs> You're on Vancouver Radio. You're in a safe place. Are 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 you able are you able to power rank those teams for me one two three as far as maybe the team that you're sort of looking at and thinking ooh there's the team above all others that I just flat out do not want to play in the playoffs. They are the team that I think can maybe even give Kamloops the biggest run for their money. Boy, that is that is a tough question because they're all so even mm-hmm. um, because they excel in different areas. Uh, you know, you start with Everett, and, and obviously they're going to be the favorite going in. You know, they've got a good goaltending tandem that they can turn to. The thing is, is that once you get in the playoffs, you have a tendency to go with just one guy, and that looks like it's going to be great and Holt. For, for Everett, and he seems to be the guy that they're leaning on uh, down the stretch. Um, is he going to be better than, than Taylor Gauthier or Thomas Millich in the playoffs? That, for me, is a big question mark, because I, I think of those three, Gauthier is the best goaltender in Portland. So that's a big advantage for the Winterhawks. Now, from a scheme perspective, defensively, I think Everett 
has a better back end. Now, the injury to Ronan Seeley changes that. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he's going to be back in the first round is a big question mark right now with his shoulder injury. Um, Ty Bauer, captain for Seattle, who really is a big anchor on their blue line, looking like he's going to be back in the playoffs. Now, whether he's going to be around first round or not is a question mark, but it sounds like he's going to be around by a second round series for sure, which is a huge boost. And Bauer played both games against the Vancouver Giants this past weekend. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. So, I mean, that's a huge boost. I mean, he's captain of the team. He's he's a guy that, you know, is really going to solidify that club. Um, you know, the the word was when he hurt his knee that he wasn't going to be available till May originally. And so now him being back, that's a huge boost because now he gets an opportunity to, to get some playing time and, and get ready for the playoffs. So that's really good news for them. I, from my perspective, and this is just me, I look at balance. Okay, who has goaltending? Who has defense? Who has the offense to make it happen? I like Seattle. I, I think that from a balanced perspective, if Thomas Millich plays like he's capable, they can they can beat anybody. And uh, they can play you any way you want to go. You want to play an up-and-down skill game? They can play that. You want to play a tough-in-the-corners and, and physical bang-em-up game? They can play that, too. So, um, you know, injuries are obviously going to be a big part uh, going forward. I know Lucas Sion has been hurt for them. Um, he's a big puzzle piece for me with that Rempe line on the third line. Uh, if Seattle has all things going, I, I would kind of slightly favor them. But when you get down to it, sometimes your goaltender is going to steal games. And in that respect, I would favor Portland in that in that area. Mike, in so many ways, it feels like it was just yesterday when it was the Spokane Chiefs and the Vancouver Giants in the West Final. And if you just close your eyes and you think of all of the gobbledygook we've had to deal with since then, uh, the WHL hasn't even had playoffs since then. And look at at where we're at right now, sort of on the cusp of getting back there by the grace of God for sure. Um, and, and I'll just sort of leave you with a thought about the team that you're about to see twice uh, this coming weekend in the Vancouver Giants. Obviously a disappointing season on this end from the Giants. Um, the, 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 the Chiefs and Giants of three years ago are no more. This much is true. That said, what intrigues you about this year's group of Giants? What are you sort of keying in on this weekend when it comes to the team that, frankly, the Spokane Chiefs need to beat to keep their playoff hopes in check? Well, I, I know that uh, the, the Chiefs and Giants match up pretty well against each other. That's the one thing I learned from the two meetings in Spokane. Um, the Giants club that we saw last time was much different than, than what we saw the, the first time around. I mean, when, when Justin Sordiff was there and him with Lysel on the on the front line, uh, on the top line for the Giants, honestly was the best top line I've seen all year. Um, and, of course, we're only seeing you know the Western Conference teams. But from the nine other teams that the Chiefs have seen, uh, I honestly can say without reservation that that line was the best line that I've seen offensively this year. Now, of course, that all changed when Sordiff was dealt to Edmonton. Um 
So it was a little bit of a different dynamic, but boy, you know, I, I said on the broadcast the last time we played the Giants that I'm a Boston Bruin fan. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, is is a dynamic player. I, I love his game. And, and just having him with a, a guy like Pasternak at the next level, I, I mean, he, he's going to be special. Um, you know, I, I tell Giants fans, you know, enjoy him while you can because, you know, t- talents like that just don't come down the pipe all the time. Uh, and I understand he's been, you know, banged up a little bit. But, uh, you know, he gets the opportunity to play to, to certainly watch him. But there's a, there's a lot of good young players with Vancouver. And I think they're going in, in the same direction that the, the Chiefs are right now is that, you know, hey, you know, we realize that, you know, this year we're probably not going to challenge in the top three or four. You know, let's make sure that we have something good, you know, coming up in the next year or two. So, uh, you know, there's going to be some growing pains, and that's been shown in the second half of the season. But, you know, you just believe that, okay, some of these younger players are getting the experience they need. They're going to get better. Things are going to pan out. And here in a couple of years, you know, let's let's see what's going to happen in that amount of time. I mean, remember when the Chiefs and Giants met in 2019, where were those clubs, you know, three years earlier? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you just, you, you look at the journey that, that got them there. And uh, I, I think that that's just kind of what, they're kind of on similar paths again. And who knows, in another uh, two to three years, could be looking at each other again deep in a Western Conference playoff. Uh, the, the one question I'll leave you with, Mike, and we'll let you carry on. Uh, when you look out east and the fact that next season the Spokane Chiefs are going to be heading east, heading to the prairies, if I'm not mistaken, what is the one eastern conference city, the one eastern conference rink, maybe the one eastern conference post-game meal that you are just clamoring for? Well, I can tell you the one rink I'm not looking forward to is Swift Current. <laughs> uh, you know, I know they're in the Central, but uh, that's that's one rink that if I ever see that ladder again, uh, that will be just fine by yours truly. Uh, yeah, I I'm kind of curious going forward. I think that Winnipeg's still going to be in the University of Manitoba barn next year. Um, I'm looking forward to their new rink mm-hmm. when it opens up. You know, that's the, you know, the one, one thing I'm looking forward to, but I am looking forward to going to Winnipeg. We have not been there yet. Um, we were slated to go there in the 2021 season. And of course, you know, COVID took care of that. So I, I you know, I'm kind of looking forward to going to Winnipeg. You know, that's uh, kind of the, the one place uh, that I have not been in the league as of yet. Um, as far as, you know, looking forward to, to meal wise, you know, there really isn't anything in the East that stands out to me in the Eastern Division. Now, I am looking forward to going to Regina. I always look forward to seeing Rod Peterson and, and catching up with the ex-Regina Pats uh, and uh, Rough Riders uh, broadcaster. Uh, he's, a, he's an old, dear friend of mine. Um, so looking forward to seeing him. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, I'm not looking forward to the winter because I think our trip is slated before Christmas break. Oof. next season yeah the dead of december so yeah am i looking forward to that not in the least so uh but i am looking forward to getting back east again you know i can remember when we went up to Kelowna in november first time we'd been in canada in nearly two years it was heavenly 
So, you know, this this trip to, to Kamloops and Vancouver, and then we go to Victoria in two weeks after that, uh, just looking forward to start taking some steps towards normalcy to where we get back and doing it regularly again. Mike, I enjoy the conversation as always. Really looking forward to welcoming you and the Chiefs back to the LEC this weekend. Safe travels. Enjoy your week. And as always, thank you for your precious time. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Always a pleasure, my friend. That is Mike Boyle, the voice of the Spokane Chiefs, to wrap up White Spot Giants this week on Sportsnet 650. A big thanks to Mike and a big thanks to you for making this show a part of your Tuesday evening. I'm Dan O'Connor. We will see you this weekend. White Spot Giants this week on Sportsnet 650.